Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the United States. Brought to you by Insurance Business. Hi everyone and welcome to IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and in this episode I'm delighted to welcome Richard Vaughan and Adrian Robinson from The Hartford. Richard was recently promoted to head of Hartford Specialty Distribution, where he will drive distribution strategy and sales excellence within the Hartford's global specialty business, reporting to Adrian, the Hartford's head of global specialty. In this episode, we're going to chat about Richard's new role and then take a deep dive into the Hartford's global specialty portfolio and the wider market trends. Richard, Adrian, welcome to IBA Talk. Good morning, Bethan. Good to be with you. Morning, Bethan. Same. Appreciate you having us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you both on the show. Um, let's get started with some brief introductions. Uh, Richard, I'll come to you first. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one, just over the top, uh, excited for the new role and, and really appreciate Adrian's vote of confidence uh, to bring me over to the Global Specialty Organization. Uh, for background perspective, uh, I just celebrated my 20th year with the organization, uh, starting at the Hartford, you know, some two decades ago, as I as I walk through the door as a, a newly underwriter trainee, uh, I'm not sure that I ever dreamed this big or imagined the journey uh, that I was about to embark upon with uh, such a truly remarkable organization. Uh, it's been one over my career that I would uh, I would consider that career path a bit more of a lattice work uh, than uh, a traditional ladder. And what I mean by that is I've enjoyed roles of uh, varying responsibility across underwriting, sales, sales management, executive leadership, which has spanned multiple business units uh, in varying disciplines. Um, a lot of those, you know, right, I've got a, a lot of experience inside of multiple of the Hartford's business units, including small commercial, middle and large commercial, some corporate functions mixed in there, and and now obviously global specialty. And, and what I would share with you is throughout the stops all along the way, I've, I've learned a lot. I've become a bit of an expert on agent and broker distribution. Uh, as I've fashioned myself really as a career learner, learning more of our products, positioning those, the key value propositions and differentiators, uh, ingesting different leadership styles along the way, and ultimately building a tremendous uh, network of distribution partners that spans both retail and wholesale channels and both the U.S. and, uh, and internationally. These, a lot of these relationships are not uh, just business colleagues, as I consider many of them my close personal friends. And, and as I think about just the, the journey that I've been on, what I would maybe summarize and say is, you know, today, 20 years later, uh, in this role, I remain as energetic and, and passionate for this great industry today as I did so many years ago. Well, that's great to hear. <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> over to you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, well, I'll start with um, Richard's a, a, a somewhat modest, um, and he said he's a bit of an expert in distribution. Uh, we're really excited uh, what, his, what his 20 years of experience brings to our global specialty operation. Um, so I'll start off with a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Adrian Robinson. I'm currently head of global specialty at the Hartford. Um, global specialty is, uh, just to demystify it a little bit, it's a collection of lines of insurance that are higher in hazard or unique exposures, or oftentimes require you know a specialist underwriter in order to successfully participate in the marketplace. A couple of examples of our businesses include things like marine and energy, construction, environmental surety, trade, credit, political violence, and terrorism, just to just to give you a flavor. Um, and within these broad industry segments, we have over 130 different types of product classes or policy types uh, to solve a wide range of risks uh, facing our customers. 
Lastly, we have underwriters throughout the United States, and we also have a meaningful contingent of colleagues in our Lloyd's platform in London, England. So a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I call myself just really a good example of the type of colleague that you're going to find throughout Global Specialty. That is really an underwriter uh, sort of at heart, and I have my own area of expertise. Inside Global Specialty, we call these people uh, affectionately SMEs or subject matter experts. I started working my career some 25 years ago, practicing in, as an environmental engineer, later obtained a degree in environmental law, and ultimately made my way into uh, you know, this great insurance industry by way of environmental insurance. So environmental liabilities and insurance uh, was, was my original area of expertise. Uh, and after about 10 years or so of specialization in that area of insurance, I started to broaden my horizons and into different areas of specialty. And it's ultimately led me to, uh, to the, the role that I have today spanning across the broad organization of specialty products. Brilliant. Thank you, Adrian. Um, Richard, as you know, we've explained, you've just been promoted to head of global specialty distribution. Um, can you tell me a bit about the role and what your mandate and focus is going to be? Yeah, sure. No, and I appreciate the uh, the summary that you provided at the uh, at the top of the conversation. I think when you think about you know what is development and execution of distribution strategy and enabling sales excellence, what does that all mean? You know, I think Adrian did a did a fantastic job of summarizing around. We've got expertise in a variety of fields, uh, a variety of uh, a very diverse set of products, uh, and a diverse uh, set of distribution channels. Uh, perhaps uh, some of the more uh, complex and varied distribution channels than any of the other um, uh, wholly owned businesses of the Hartford. What I would share with you is, uh, as I bake all that down, is my goal each and every day is partnering closely with our global specialty business unit leaders, uh, helping to inform the strategic direction of the business's broad distribution agenda. Adrian did a, a great summary of you know our businesses uh, not only specialized but also fast-paced and ever-changing, right? The the specialty market and the uh, the exposures that we see, uh, both current and emerging, um, are uh, ever-evolving and shifting in some cases. And and my focus remains on profitably increasing the Hartford's ranking and market share with our most strategic distribution partners, no matter how they would like to uh, engage with the Hartford, whether that be in the retail channel, the wholesale channel, um, alternative uh, distribution methods like MGAs and MGUs uh, or in our London marketplace. Uh, as I look at leaning on an, a numerous years of, of market-facing experience, really prioritizing my time against advancing those key partner relationships and, and driving the strategies to continue to evolve and scale our global specialty organization. If I maybe take that a couple steps further, Bethan, I think, you know, key areas of focus around optimizing cross-sale and driving sales excellence inside a global specialty are two key areas that, that are, are prioritizing a lot of my time, uh, at least in the initial get-go. Um, so what I mean about uh, optimizing cross-sale, the combined power of, of the Hartford's middle and large commercial and global specialties, product suite and capabilities, uh, they're, they're really market leading. This allows the Hartford really to craft unique covered solutions and solve client needs across a multitude of industries. Uh, and that can include both positioning global specialty products in our various channels and partnerships. I hit a few of those um, uh, just a moment ago, but you know, others, uh, and other examples would be you know, hanging more product in our small commercial icon platform, which is a, a quote bind issue rating platform that is agency facing. It's also how do we think about uh, strategic utilization of MGA and MGU arrangements? 
um, and increasing our product density with uh, some of our largest wholesale channels, right? Uh, Adrian hit it that we have phenomenal relationships and expertise and, uh, and longer tail, um, largely casually driven lines and also financial product lines. But how do we think about uh, continuing to grow those profitably and at the same time uh, expanding our relationships with some of the shorter tail lines such as property or in La Marine? All of those things kind of wrap into how do we um, play off of strengths of both global specialty and middle and large commercial to, uh, to have more product density in the marketplace and with each individual client. And then I think about, you know, the, the driving of sales excellence is within our specialty business, the ability to provide a consistent broker and customer experience across our various product and geographic specialties is critical. Um, and that all starts with a common set of practices to balance both what I would call the art and science of underwriting and sales management. We've got subject matter expertise all over the place. And so we want a, an agent or a customer's experience in, say, the Pacific Northwest to feel uh, the same as we would in the Southeast portion of the United States. Uh, and those practices, they, they're, um, they're not necessarily limiting, but they really actually will empower our global specialty colleagues and, and foster additional success, both personally for them as colleagues and also for our broader business. And that could include how we pipeline opportunities or the way that we prioritize our broker and distribution partners so that we ensure that we're spending the most time with partners based on where opportunities are available to us in the marketplace. And then also, you know, internally, how do we collaborate with colleagues both within global specialty and across the, the broader business units of the Hartford? So, you know, a long way of saying, Bethan, I think, you know, the charge is, is broad and varied, but if I kind of bake it down in a couple areas of using cross-sell and sales excellence uh, to really uh, look at increasing our market share with our key distribution partners, those are going to be the, the key tenets of what I base my time on in uh, at least 22 and 23. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great, Richard. Thank you. And, you know, the way the specialty market's looking right now, I think uh, you're going to be very busy um, but also <laughs> exciting. So that's good. Um, so Adrian, You've promoted Richard to head of global specialty distribution at a time when the portfolio um, is experiencing strong growth. Uh, can you tell me what's driving that growth and where does Richard's expertise fit into, you know, the forward looking um, momentum of the portfolio? Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, let me jump in there. Sort of two questions. I'll talk about what's driving growth and then we'll, then we'll get to sort of how Richard fits in. Um, yeah, it's a good time in the specialty marketplace, as, as you alluded to, um, in particular, our wholesale franchise, which serves the wholesale brokerage community. But overall, the ENS or excess of surplus lines market has been growing at an outsized run rate now uh, compared to the broader commercial PNC marketplace for several years. Um, and I think it's really driven by sort of two broad things. Um, one is is technology and, and the new exposures brought on by technology and Certainly, we could talk, you know, probably for hours uh, on that subject alone. But, but as we've only really had real technology in our society for, you know, twenty or thirty years. If you just think about the iPhone, right? They, they weren't even around in the late nineteen nineties. Um, and so, as new technology comes at an ever faster pace, it creates new exposures which are coming into our industry to ensure and to analyze and understand. Uh, and that that really is is what's fueling specialty today. My favorite example of that is is simply the light bulb. You know, if you Insured a light bulb manufacturer for the last hundred years. It's pr pretty simple to understand, you know, what it did and what its exposures were. And you know, in today, you know, light bulbs are now not only turn the light on, right, but they're connected via Wi-Fi. Um, they're they can be part of a network. They they have they can be smart security 
um, applications, right? And so the, the, the range of exposures is much different. So that's one example. Um, I think the other factor though, with growth of opportunities in the current specialty market is the market itself is undergoing structural change. Um, prior to the last two years, the industry had seen a number of, you know, number of years of soft market conditions, you know, sort of characterized by lots of capacity available, generally lower pricing. Um, and given many of our lines of business and specialty are characterized by severity driven, longer tail, um, perhaps more exposed to things like climate change. Um, those factors have had an outsized impact on the specialty lines. So in reaction to that, specialty insurers have been reducing capacity basically to, to lower uh, overall volatility to their own portfolios. And, and just by way of an example, um, the result of that now is that, you know, where, whereas um, it may have took, you know, maybe four, only four carriers two or three years ago to, uh, to procure $100 million a limit. So each carrier putting up a $25 million tranche in today's environment with the reduced capacity, it may take six or seven or eight carriers to to obtain the same limits for an insured. And that that structural change has led to uh, to many new oppor opportunities in specialty and opportunities to grow. So so that's the marketplace sort of writ large. Um, let's you know just dive into Richard a little bit. Um, and I'll give you, I guess, an analogy analogy on um, sort of how I think about distribution management. You know, I used to think about it as sort of analogous to, to managing traffic you know, on a two lane highway. Um, it's really ensuring that we're aligned with our trading partners on product, appetite, and geography and sort of how we trade together. And of course, then there's the overall seeking of how we optimize, you know, how we're working and, and looking at the, the, the collective results. How are we serving our, our combined customers? In today's age, however, um, it's really more like being a traffic cop on an eight lane highway that never stops. Um, well, we still need to align on those basics, so product, appetite, and geography. Um, now, the whole distribution landscape is changing around us, right? There's been intense M&A in that sector for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And I don't I don't see any reason why that's going to slow down over the over the near future. Um, there's a lot of discussion now with partners, you know, beyond those other factors around uh, efficiency. Uh, how can we be more efficient partners together? How can we use digital capabilities? Where are you at on your digital horizon and roadmap and where are we and, and are we aligning? Um, how are we both using data and analytics to, to serve our customers better and, and again, to be more efficient? And so, you know, the, these issues have been added to the distribution management role uh, and, and really expanded, you know, the, the, the dimensions with which you need to sort of to understand and play. And so I, I you know, I, I think it's really much more of a strategic player now, really sort of sort of at the at the at the desk of strategy for the organization and making sure that we're uh, engaged with all our partners, you know, across those six or seven or eight dimensions. You know, and then Richard, of course, we touched on it, right? He's got 20 years experience at the Hartford. Um, he started in underwriting. He was in small commercial, which is important to me, right? That's a that's a digital and digital and efficiency is in the DNA of that organization. Uh, and later on, he migrated into distribution management. So I, I like to tell him he's a he's a SME too, right? He's a he's a subject matter expert in the area of the Hartford and wielding its broad capabilities to support um, you know our trading partners. Yeah, that's great. The, um, I mean, Adrian, you've already touched on some of the sort of key areas, but are there any specific segments within the global specialty portfolio that are experiencing, you know, the most growth in, in recent years and, and perhaps looking forwards? Yeah, certainly a couple come to mind. It's a little bit of a high class problem, uh, Bethan, in this marketplace, because we, we're experiencing growth in lots of different places, but a few certainly stand out and I'll, I'll try to tie them into, you know, I guess, factors in society. Um, I'll, I'll start with you know, what we call transactional liability or reps and warranties insurance. 
So it's a highly specialized area. This is really being fueled by something I mentioned earlier, you know, private equity and the red hot M&A marketplace that's going on right now. And, and we actually um, ensure uh, the reps and warranties of the parties going through those transactions. So that's one example. Um, financial lines and specifically directors and officers insurance. If you think about um, companies in today's world are in a very dynamic financial market. There's more activist investors. Uh, there's riskier entities being used like like SPACs, which are special purpose uh, acquisition companies. And, and there's a generally sort of more complex work environment. You know, we're in the Me Too area. Uh, we, we're going in the midst of a global, hopefully coming out of the end of a global pandemic, but, but there's new challenging decisions facing employers, right? Sh should I mandate vaccination? You know, how do we go back to work in an office? So all complicated stuff, and that's driving financial lines. And then last one I would mention is um, anything related to transportation, marine and in the marine, right? And it's really being driven by the increasing use of logistics. Um, I like to call it the Amazonification of, of our society, so to speak. Um, and, and, and then just fueled by the pandemic, right? That is people at home shopping for most of their goods and services. And, and the effect of that is a growing transportation, warehousing and logistics infrastructure that's needed to support um, that type of society. So that's, those are definitely growing areas for us too. Excellent, lots of exciting things there. Um, Richard, earlier you were talking about, you know, your mandate in your new role. And one of the things you mentioned was that you, you, you're gonna be driving sales excellence. Um, I wondered what lies at the foundation of of that of that sort of idea of strong partner relationships, of strong distribution strategies. You know, what's at the foundation of all of that? No, it's a great question. You know, I think it's um, this. My answer, I guess, will seem maybe uh, a little simplistic, but a lot of times, you know, doing the simple things the right way and consistently, it, it truly is what matters. You know, I, th I think it starts with a, a clear understanding of. Uh, and frankly, open discussions on what the growth strategies are of both firms, right? Both the carrier and the, the broker partner, the distribution partner. And that enables uh, both parties to, to match capabilities and opportunities. Data analytics obviously is a big piece of this as it, as it helps our brokers and, uh, and carriers alike to be able to prioritize resource um, around the most noteworthy or considerable uh, opportunities. I think secondly, there's a, uh, there's just a, transparency of expectations of one another that has to be stated. So that obviously leads to uh, to both parties being able to hold each other accountable and also to monitor progress along the way. Uh, that that goes hand in glove with a, a strong say do or, you know, put differently, you know, saying what you're going to do and then actually doing it. Follow up and follow through. And as simple as that sounds, it's it's remarkable how inconsistently that's executed across the broader industry. Uh, you know, as we think about that, that that creates this culture of continuous improvement in, in the relationship, and it, it ensures that that we, as a carrier, are growing at or above the pace of our peers with that distribution partner, and likewise, that partner is growing with us at or above the pace of their fellow peers. So, you know, put more simply, that we then are taking share in our respective spaces, and I think that really solidifies what a, a strong foundation uh, in that relationship um, and also allows you to then go execute on the strategy that you put in place. Mm -hmm. So staying with uh, a focus on specialty distribution, Adrian, are there any macro trends that are impacting distribution of specialty insurance at the moment? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, a couple come to mind off the bat, uh, and we, we sort of alluded to, we can maybe dive a little deeper here, but uh, consolidation. So really, and it's 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 not necessarily just a specialty phenomena, but um, consolidation on the distribution side of our business is, is happening um, in both the wholesale and the retail channels. It's been ongoing for, for quite a number of years now, but, but frankly, it re really only seems to be accelerating. Um, there's qu quite a few drivers that I see for this and, and the really why I don't really see it slowing down anytime soon. So some distributors are, are simply looking to grow, right? So you can grow by merging or acquiring others. But, but I think even more importantly, others are looking to enhance their own in-house capabilities. And so, you know, this, in this world that's becoming more specialized, you got more generalist insurers, uh, the Hartford and Navigators was a good example of this, but you've got more generalist players looking to acquire um, specialists, right, in order to enhance their overall capabilities and ability to serve their customers. The exact same thing is is happening on the distribution side. So distributors who have, you know, been more in core lines of business are, are, are continually to look and seek and find specialty uh, distribution firms and and acquire them and, and, and build those capabilities, uh, enhance their own capabilities in-house. Sometimes they're looking for talent, sometimes they're looking for to grow geography um, or just gain scale, but um, the scale uh, part of the equation is also taking on a new, um, uh, I think, dimension, it really as it relates to technology as well. I think our industry is in, I would call it a race um, to, to incorporate more technology, make business more streamlined, connect to our partners uh, in a more digital way. And sometimes the easiest way to get there is, is to acquire um, something or someone that already has that. So, you know, this, the, the dynamic of distribution in insurance is just, um, it, it's just ever changing and remarkable. We, 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 I, we were laughing last night about it. It's, it's hard to even keep track of all of it. Um, if you had, if you made a chart, um, you'd have to update it, you know, every week because uh, it changes that quickly. Um, and, then the, and then the last thing I mentioned, which I alluded to, but is the, this use of data and technology and analytics. So, um, you know, I think everybody is is looking to be more efficient um, in how we trade and understand how we trade and better serve our overall you know, end customer, which is the insured. So, again, we're all looking to see, you know, how can we use data analytics uh, just to sort of work smarter and, and uh, more efficient. And I'll maybe jump in and just add a few points on that. You know, I think, you know, Adrian really nailed it around the, the merger and acquisition space. I mean, you know, despite the pandemic and the app, the implications that have reverberated across all industries, frankly, the pace of that acquisition at the agent and the broker level uh, and those populations are at all time highs. If you actually step back and look over the last decade, the number of agency transactions closed in, in any one year have increased every single year over that 10 year span. And that's that trend is causing a, uh, considerable consolidation of the market share in the marketplace, right? So on the retail distribution channel, for instance, here in the U.S., the top 15 brokers control roughly 80% of the market share. Uh, and that's even more pronounced when you step over onto the wholesale distribution channel where the majority of market share is held amongst um, just a handful, three to five uh, specialty brokers. It's, you know, uh, maybe a simpler way to think about it is, you know, it's supply and demand at work. Um, we're seeing an overall lack of, you know, viable or, or willing perpetuation plans in, in many agencies and brokers and with more, you know, baby boomers, if you will, looking to cash in on their asset, which is their business, they're they're putting those up at a time when valuations of that asset um, by um, outsized firms are, um, are, are rising, right? Um, the other is, you know, the the, the fuel to the fire is historically low cost of capital and, and a considerable amount of private equity money that's uh, that's entered a 
largely fractured distribution marketplace has also increased that need. Um, Adrian hit on it, the, the specialization, right? As if they can't build it, they can go acquire the industry expertise and still remain relevant amongst their peers. And, you know, the final point that I would maybe put there is just, you know, the acquisitive firms are, they're quickly being able to leverage that scale. Adrian touched on it around just the data and the technology that they can then glean and, and put over the top of it to improve their efficiencies, improve their economics and, and gain, frankly, more influence on the market, which um, ultimately be, means being able to offer more resources to clients um, and all of which ends up being key differentiators as they try to, again, um, elevate themselves amongst uh, smaller or rival firms. Mm -hmm. It, it sounds like there's a lot of sort of positive drivers uh, present in the marketplace if firms can sort of make the most of those. So um, I'm going to finish. I mean, we've touched on a lot of topics in the last 20 minutes. So thank you both very much for that. Um, I want to finish by quickly putting out the hypothetical crystal balls, if you don't mind. So just quickly, I'll, I'll come to you first, Adrian. Um, looking ahead, sort of what is your sort of projected state for the marketplace for, for 2022? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start with specialty. Uh, you know, I, I guess a word and sort of specific to the marketplace, and I'm talking about pricing, terms and conditions, think capacity, things like that. Um, I, the word I would use is, is more stability, and that that is stability as compared to the last two years where we had, you know, firm, if not hard market conditions in a number of places with significantly increasing rates. Um, so I think I think more stability um, and, and and that's going to be a good thing. There's probably a little fatigue out there on on some of the change that has happened in the market that we talked about earlier. Um, I will say, though, that um, you know there are a, quite a number of complexities on the horizon for just the overall insurance industry, uh, even outside of all the M&A that we talked about. Um, there's a lot of new emerging exposures from technology, which we, which we spoke about. Um, and then there's the real challenge of solving for emerging risks brought on by climate change. Uh, wildfires uh, are, are, are emerging more often. There's changing weather patterns, rising sea levels. I happen to be in Dallas this morning and, and uh, you know, there's been freezing rain and, and, a, and a blizzard warning, um, you know, and so that's, it's that the weather patterns are really changing. So these are all challenges to our industry, but I, I couldn't be more upbeat and sanguine about our specialty industry and wholesale distribution and our collective ability to to solve these emerging needs um, you know on behalf of our customers um, more consolidation probably uh, is obvious uh, on both the distribution and carrier side as we mentioned and i think the last big thing is um you know we're all in a race towards digitization you know how can we use technology to uh, to be to be better I would maybe add to that, Bethan. You know, I think the there's uh, continues to be a, a pervasive war on talent, right? Um, people and, and more accurately expertise, particularly in the the specialty fields, is in high demand across our industry. Diverse product capabilities, deep data analytics, uh, and the expert talent that can manage risk have become the new battleground differentiators for both brokers and insurers. Uh, talent takes a long time to develop. Uh, you know, to grow your own. Uh, it's expensive also to acquire it or attract it from the outside. And so I think that top performing firms, and again, I'm speaking for both brokers and carriers, have to create a culture of innovation and uh, and a broader sense of a belonging so that, uh, you know, with more brokers and carriers aligning themselves to industry and product, product vertical expertise, this is only going to accelerate that demand for quality talent in the marketplace. 
Excellent. Yep. Lots of discussion about, you know, the need for talent in the industry. So I'm sure that's going to be a, a hot topic for the next few years. Um, Richard, Adrian, I think that's the, the perfect place to end the discussion today. Um, thank you so much for sharing you know, so many in- interesting insights for our listeners. Um, it's been great having you on IBA Talk. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks, Bethan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And best of luck, Richard, in the new role. Um, thanks also to our viewers for tuning in. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business. Make sure you check out the rest of our podcasts at IBA, IBA Talk. TV episodes at IBTV and daily news at www.insurancebusinessmag.com forward slash US. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.